Hi, and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew. Jake. And I'm Jacob. And this year, for our early Thanksgiving video, we're doing the classic Freebirds. Freebirds. That is factually accurate. So this is Relativity Media. So did they... Is this... This is their own animated movie, then? They, uh... They didn't outsource this to anybody. That this is this is an in-house relative. Oh. Oh, it's real FX. Never mind. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, like the studio. I guess relatively, <laughs> relatively studios. That's what it's called, right? They distributed it. Okay. They're the studio behind it. So wait, Jake, you didn't you didn't notice the um, logo at the beginning when you watched this movie? No, I did not watch. Hmm. Funny you should ask. Yeah. Well. I guess I could describe now. We decided to um, make this commentary extra fun since none of us had ever watched this movie to watch it in thirds. I watched the first third, Jake watched the middle third, and Jacob watched the final third. And we do not know what happens in the, each other's parts of the movies. So this is going to be interesting to see what we thought happened and how close, I guess, our predictions for what happened before or happened after our parts are. Yeah, so Wes, let's... Uh... Why don't you go ahead and take a shot about of what's going to happen? Well, let's in the last uh, two before thirds. we do that. Let's give general impressions we had of the segments we each watched. So, oh, um, Was, I liked it. Why don't you start with the first thirty minutes that you watched? I really liked it. Um, it was very chaotic. Um, sometimes I felt like I accidentally skipped into part middle part of the movie because it just takes some pretty quick left turns early on. But and I'd be looking down, I'm like, wow, I'm only five minutes in. This is crazy. But overall, I really liked it. I think some of the elements here of the um, turkeys um, being really mean-spirited to him uh, for whatever reason is um, really douchey. I don't know why, um, but they were very mean to him, you know, and it felt like very reminiscent of like Rudolph and like those old um, Rankin-Bass specials. Um, to um you know like wh where everyone's mean to the main character it felt a little bit more mean-spirited here we'll see if the sense of turkey community comes up but i enjoyed it overall two thumbs up well i i guess segueing to me is i i felt like i dropped into the boring part of the movie and in, in the so-called second act i guess it wasn't really a great second act in fact i think this movie's quite bad um just pretty boring i didn't laugh once I, I I I don't know. I, I I was shocked to find out this came out in 2015. I thought this was a movie from 2006 that I had I had no memory of, but this actually came out five years ago. And the animation just looks pretty cheap. You know what it is? I was thinking about this last uh, yesterday. I think the animation looks cheap because of the art style. Because I actually think the animation quality itself. Is pretty high-end you look at like the backgrounds and the level of detail i think it's the art style it has a very generic bland cartoonish art style that makes it look a lot worse in terms of animation quality i think that really affects it so what do you think of your third well hold on were you did you have more to say on the middle of freebirds well I... I was going to ask you, Jacob. It's just, it's just surprising because this movie came out f five years ago. I mean, I guess that must be why it looks 
it's because of the animations or the the art style, like you're saying. It's just very misguided. It's yeah. you know, it's very generic and just sort of basic. Yeah. There's no like real vision behind the characters' designs or like why they're designed the way they are. They just sort yeah. of look all the same, and it's just sort of bland. There's nothing real unique and visionary about the character designs that says anything about them or the movie itself which i think goes for a lot well, yeah of when i was watching it, I saw. when i was watching it, it it reminded me they're they're kind of taking a page out of like the the earlier dreamworks movies like shrek and such kind of has that uh, more sarcastic irreverent sense of humor and everything but it just just doesn't do a good job of it at all it i, I don't think the concept is is necessarily bad it's it's kind of funny um, but it's just the execution of it. it just it kind of comes off as a little cynical and very. I think it's lazy. Just, yeah, it's I, yeah, lazy is a good word. Yeah, I, me too. I guess I guess I'll and again I have not seen the whole thing, but I saw thirty minutes and I could see a pattern just from what I saw. And if I'm to jump into what I you know my part of the film, I felt like I was watching like an SNL parody of like an animated movie or something like that because it was like all the character arcs were wrapping up. And I was watching just the ends of very generic character arcs. So it's there and like, I don't know, I guess spoiler alert. But you have like, I, I turn it on and it's like Owen Wilson being like, I can't go back in time. I need to stay with this turkey that I met in the, in the past because I love her. And then there's a thing where the turkey's father is like, I've finally come to accept my children. And it's like lots of very generic arcs, but it was like I skipped through actually having to watch the arcs take place, and I was just watching the resolution of all of them. Um, Here's the thing, I, I totally I, forgot this, the movie's concept. Sorry to cut you off, but I, uh, I, I forgot there is time travel. And I know last week in the commentary you, you outlined the premise, but I totally forgot there was time travel. So when the, the, the time travel egg came out of nowhere, I was, I was baffled. Um, but then I quickly remembered what you said. Um, I have to say though, real, real quick. Sorry, I just I got to finish my thought. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, and I think there's a lot of lazy humor in this, where it is trying to do the DreamWorks, uh, you know, irreverent pop culture referencing story humor like Shrek, but it's not grounding it in character or any sort of clever gags or jokes or anything. It's just, it, it's like they took the writers and they were just like come up with something like jokes to sprinkle into this very basic plot within ten minutes. However, and I don't want to set your expectations up too high, but this film ends with maybe the greatest final line that I have seen in a motion picture in years. It shattered my expectations in terms of the final, the final two words spoken in this film. And I don't want to give it away, but when you see it, your mind will be blown and everything that this film is about will coalesce so get ready for that well and you know even though i did like from what i've seen um i will agree with you now that it does seem a little outdated i mean just looking at it, we were at the press conference with the president you know this was made during the obama administration but they have a southern you know moron character as the president it seems like you know they're doing a character or reference to george w bush it's like you know He'd been out of office for almost eight years at the point. So it, it does feel a little outdated, but overall I enjoyed my third. Well, that's because you just watched the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well then I guess let's do um, our predictions on what we think happened. So 
you know, I think um, ultimately nervous turkey will they'll save the day, and he decides, hey, even though I love pizza and partying and the good life, I'm gonna stay in the olden days with my new friend, and then the president's remote gets left behind as an artifact. And it ends with a future scene of archaeologists working with turkeys, finding the remote, and being like, how did that get there? And then there's, like, a statue of the turkeys. That's how I think the movie ends. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess the opening that we're watching now involves time travel. That they're going to somehow go back in time. From what I saw with Woody Harrelson, the, 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 the turkey's named Jake. He's like a alpha male turkey or whatever. He goes back with, I thought this was Luke Wilson, honestly. I, I totally forgot it was Owen Wilson. That almost made it like more like a, like a parody of an animated movie to me. The fact that it was Owen Wilson, who I like. But it was like Owen Wilson doing the voice of the, uh, the turkey. It's just like something like a strangely generic, straightforward choice, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like Owen Wilson. It's almost like the Rob Schneider joke on South Park. <laughs> oh, and Wilson is a turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to guess that from what I saw in this, uh, so they do go back in time to the first Thanksgiving and everything. They're in that, and they're trying to help the turkeys there not get killed. And the pilgrims seem to be at pre- under a lot of pressure because a lot of their food is, is gone, and, they need, and they're, they're starving and everything. So they want to find these turkeys and eat them. So, yeah, okay, so here's Woody Harrelson here. And um, Owen Wilson falls in love with Amy Poehler's turkey. And just... So the part that I got, he, he's ready to go back. And I think the time machine is voiced by George Takei. It is. Oh, and by the way, I, th- I think... Well, I, I'll get to it when we when we get to, to that part of the movie. But um, I think that he, he falls in love with Amy Poehler. He doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to leave. He stays behind because, I don't know, he loves her and he's found his place here as like a savior. And then uh, Jake goes back uh, back in time to uh, to start a new, uh, a new batch of turkeys or whatever, <laughs> like a civilization of new turkeys. I don't know. I don't know if they can stop Thanksgiving. But there is interesting... Oh, I wouldn't even say interesting. I'm just going all over the place now because I... I I hey, forgot about this now. movie. You're in the worst I position was. of any of us. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got the ending. I got the beginning. You have no idea. Yeah, I'm like this is like the two towers, like the stupid version that I got. So Free Birds is like the two towers. Jake Plummer, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> so there was like a whole theme about how they get to to the Turkey civilization back in the past, <laughs> and and Owen Wilson just assumes that that they're dumb and they don't do anything, and Amy Poehler's like, oh well. If we didn't do anything, we'd be dumb. We're more than that. He's like, oh, you're right. So I think it's going to, it might involve that in some way, or I'm giving this movie too much credit. But I think Owen Wilson's going to stay in the past, and uh, Woody Harrelson's going to go back to the present and then try to save the, the turkeys there. Or I don't know. I don't know how they're going to stop Thanksgiving. I don't know if it can be done. Maybe it'll in a very nihilistic way. Actually, I'm going to go back and add to my prediction, because... Owen Wilson Turkey loves pizza. I think they're going to make pizza, and that's going to be the first Thanksgiving meal. And Jacob is laughing, so I think that might be right. All right, well, while Jake 
goes and grabs a Valium. I guess I'll <laughs> predict what happens in the middle. And I'm just going based on what I saw at the end. Like, like I said, I saw like the ending of all these like very generic character arcs without actually having to see the arc take place. I just saw the resolution. So is there an arc where the Amy Polar Turkey's like father doesn't trust his kids or thinks that they're not up to the task of leading the, the clan of turkeys or whatever, but then comes to see that they do have it in them. Uh, I think that's a thing. Um, do you want me to answer? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really care. Maybe um, not. I, Maybe not. I'm going to predict that Owen Wilson, when he goes back in time, um, that he meets Amy Poehler and they don't get along at first and maybe everybody doesn't trust him but then he helps come up with a plan along with Woody Harrelson that one-ups and takes out the plans to eat the turkeys and then they all come to trust him and that's when Amy Poehler comes to like him and I had another prediction but it ended up being wrong my prediction was this was going to start off with Woody Harrelson as a kid walking around outside encountering the time machine and the great turkey which is the thing that told him to go on this mission i thought that would be the opening yeah well um but it was not and then that would be like a cold open and then it would cut to the present that would have been better i have an answer for that but i i, I know what happens there but i won't say anything i guess okay, i think I, I i mean now because i thought i thought that was going to be the opening um based on something that happens at the end but now I see that it isn't. It just opens with sort of a setup of the premise and the status quo of turkeys and Thanksgiving. Yeah. Just, you know, understandable, but. All right, cool. Well, thank you for watching. <laughs> That's it. Now, Jacob, I realized when you're talking about, like, you know, earning the trust and taking down the big bad guys, I realized that plot sounded very similar to Avatar. I got the real Avatar trust. vibes yeah. from the uh, the father storyline. It also sort of reminded me of uh, there's a similar arc in Tarzan, Disney's Tarzan, and Disney's Dinosaur as well. If anybody remembers that movie, I thought you yeah, I do. Henson Dinosaur Show <laughs> um, about the chief father who doesn't trust his kid to take over with this new person that's the protagonist, but then comes to accept them. It's kind of like Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh my god, I haven't seen that in forever. We're going to do that eventually. Wait a minute, I think I have, I have a new prediction for the ending. So, in the middle of the movie, I was sort of getting a very tangential uh, Native American allegory going on, but in a very superficial way. So I think the the end is going to be where the turkeys reveal themselves to the, to the, uh, to the settlers, and they all get along and they don't eat eat them. That's what All I right. think, because they learn to live in harmony and everything. And because I don't know, I, I do so they you don't think American... Andrew Jackson makes them go on a trail <laughs> of feathers. That's what the Freebirds Two is about. Could you imagine? <laughs> like they really take it. So bury my heart at wounded turkey. You say trail of feathers, and it's like a, I know it's a joke that you just came up with in like two seconds. But it still probably has more historical context with most of the jokes that are actually in this movie. Probably. Although if the turkeys do reveal themselves as like sentient, that might really uh, 
put the fear of God into those settlers. <laughs> Maybe they'll. I think they would. I, mean, I don't know. They There's create a, a turkey call. Stuff going down here. They create a turkey cult, so it's like in um, Zombie Island with cat gods. It's just turkey gods. Now, I have to say, something bullshit here is Jake, the Jake Turkey, much like people named Jake in real life, is clearly the stupidest one. Uh, <laughs> no, he clearly doesn't understand what's going on. I'm assuming we're going to reveal he had brain damage at some point. But... Um, <laughs> Owen Wilson turkey is much smarter than him and like looks in the map and the red line leads to the time machine, the blue line leads to the X. He's like, yeah, the blue line leads to the time machine. They follow the blue line but still somehow into the time machine. I don't get how that works. You'd see there's the blue end dot there that would apply. This is the end spot, but here's the fucking time machine. What the fuck, Freebirds? See, this is just like such a such a generic art style. I, I think of like other I don't know, I guess I compare it to something like up. Like, you look at Up, and, like, the characters' appearances in that, like, say so much about who they are as characters. Um, and I'm totally blanking. What's the name of the main character in Up? Carl. Is it Carl? Okay. Carl, he has a short, square appearance that shows how rigid he is, and how unchanging, and how, like, old he is. And, like, his character design just says so much about who he is as a as a character um what does it say with like the design of the turkeys here they all just sort of look the same yeah i mean all the turkeys in the opening with the exception of reggie um looked alike and now um jake looks a little different and from the two minutes i saw turkeys in the past they more or less look the same except like older one and then sexy amy polar one it's like red's a little bit bigger then the Owen Wilson one. Is that his name? I'm trying to remember. I think Reggie, yeah. Yeah. Um, his name's Reggie? I believe so. Woody. Um, I watched this, like, early this morning. I think I would remember. I did, too. That's just, yeah, there's there's so much more that could be said about them through the art style. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about if you make all the turkeys look alike, and that's, like, supposed to be a plot point of, like, he's the rebel, you know, he's the only one that's different, but it's like, they're not even doing conformity story, at least in the first, they're, they're all, like, he's just the only smart turkey, which I guess that's enough to differentiate him, but, like, yeah, it felt more lazy than anything. Remember that Pixar short film, For the Birds? Maybe. Where all the birds are identical looking and sitting on, like, the, uh, the yeah. power line, no. and then there's just the one crazy looking bird, because that's the bird that doesn't fit in with the others. And I almost wanted to see something like that with Woody Harrelson, where, like, I mean, I don't know. I Like I said, I watched the ending of this movie, but just, like, even from what I saw, everything just, everyone looked the same, everyone sort of felt the same as characters, and it didn't help that there wasn't any real clever character-specific humor behind what was there at the end. You know, other it's a good the, example of something. Other than the final line, which is the most incredible line ever put onto film. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I was actually going to say, uh, in terms of design for animals of this ballpark, I guess it's Chicken Run that does a great job of making them very distinct. That's what I was thinking. Absolutely. Even just, I, I think back to one of the classic ones for me is, and this is not a CGI animated movie, but Dexter's Laboratory. The contrast between Dee Dee and Dexter says everything about their characters without having to have them say anything about who they are as characters. One's tall 
graceful and free, and the other one's short, small, and sort of compact and rigid. So, so much. Yeah, here, uh, one's big and one's small. Also, here One's they... kind of big and one's regular sized. Also, um, the set piece, they're now um, involved in the climax of that 1998 Avengers movie starring Sean Connery, R.I.P., where he finds a Numa Thurman. So this, is, this was actually my big question going into this, was where the time machine came from, because they never explained it in my third of the movie. The government created it, and as we're about to see, the turkeys being there creates a problem, so the time travel soldier like, jumps out and they take his place. But this is below Camp David for some reason. Because apparently the pardon turkey lives with the president once they pardon him. <laughs> and or See, this kind of silliness I'm okay with. This is this is where it's having fun, yeah. this concept. Yeah. This is great, though, how George Takei is the time machine. Is he? Is it? It is. Yeah, that's George okay. Takei. Oh, my. As people would say. Hey, look, it's the Mac background. If this movie had balls, that time traveler would get, like, stuck and, like, age rapidly into dust. Those, those guys Should've... sort of look like the Monsters, Inc. Uh, yeah. Guys, except less creative. I was yeah. thinking that and um, the radiation suit Marty, Marty wears in Back to the Future as Darth Vader. <laughs> but yeah, they're in camp, right below Camp David. I'm sure that's where the presence wants to have his safe retreats over a fucking time portal. So watch, just give me the rundown of what just happened here in the first, in, in the part that you watched. Uh, okay, uh, so this turkey was like, they're going to eat us, they're going to eat us. And all the other turkeys are religious zealots who believe in a corn god. And when... It's the great uh, turkey, right? Yeah. And then a bunch of people come and he's like, this is the day they're going to eat us. And everyone's freaking out. And then, very mean-spiritedly, they all decide to sacrifice him to the corn god, and they throw him out. Which, I'm, like, thinking, like, like I said, you know, like, pretty mean-spirited, like, you know, in, there's some moments of levity in Rudolph and, like, these old Rankin-Bass shorts where everyone's mean, but, like, there's still times where there, there's nice moments, like, when Rudolph's playing before they discover that he's a fucking freak and all that, and then, like, you know, the girl, dear, that likes him, Clarice, and all that, but it's, like, everyone just fucking hates him, and then he wanders out and the president's daughter falls in love with him and begs her father to pardon be the turkey that he pardons and then he comes to live with them with camp david he loves the sweet life living in a bedroom watching tv ordering numerous pizzas playing with the president's remote that he brought back which that's i think they show like there's a laser pointer on the remote so i have a feeling that's going to play a part of defeating the villains using laser pointer technology and then this turkey's like hey a great turkey told me you know there's a time machine and we need you so and then they find the time machine below camp david and then they get sucked into it when they're trying to run away and now they're going to the past and then this is about where you know a few minutes before i hop off so now they're going back to plymouth to stop thanksgiving what the turkeys don't know is that because the way quantum physics work every time that they travel back in time it actually kills them and then just creates an exact copy of them out on the other side it's a very dark twist, so technically all these, all the, the turkeys in this get killed multiple times throughout this, and we never follow any of their actual adventures. We're just following I, clones of them. 
I was going to say. I was assuming this is going to be like 112263, the Stephen King novel where it's um, Kevin J. O'Connor is going to show up and be like, you're creating time strings. You're going to destroy us all. And then kills himself. It's like, uh, I just read the Michael Crichton book Timeline like a month ago. Oh, you did? That's, yeah, and that's how time travel works in that. it's They actually can't send you back in time. They just, they thought that they were, and they thought that they would break your, uh, they would break you down on a quantum cellular level and send you into the uh, the alternate timelines through quantum foam. But it turns out that they actually weren't, and that it was just because of how the alternate timelines work. They would just break you down, and you would basically just die, and it would create an exact copy of you on the other side somehow. Oh, shit. So that's what happened here. That's a new character right there. Well, I'm gonna. Well, that's my new. That's my new headcanon. Welcome to the movie. Well, it reminds me of what what you were talking about because when I was watching, I'm getting to my part soon. But I was hoping if since this is a time travel movie, I totally, you know, I did, didn't care. I didn't remember. I forgot that this involved time travel, and I was hoping during the second act that it would involve some time travel shenanigans, like some stakes involved within the plot regarding around time travel. You know. They have to have they have a goal. They have to accomplish it, or else this this and this happens. But it's pretty straightforward, where it's just it just becomes like a rescue thing, but in the most generic way possible. Well, that's the problem with a lot of time travel movies. Like you have movies like Back to the Future, where time travel serves to kick off the plot, but you have to have something like there's something that time travel can't like solve. Like there's a tick, quite literally a ticking clock, and yeah, you know, a lot of movies it's just like. It's time travels completely incidental. Like it's how you said, you forgot time travels involved. You just thought these were turkeys trying to stop Thanksgiving from happening, and it sounds like mm, nothing happens really for the rest. No, it doesn't there's, go anywhere um, with that. There at is least some in my time section. travel stuff at the end for sure, oh, without sure. getting too much into it. See, I wish the time travel though really complicated things for these two characters in, in the second act because the second act is where you you know it's said where you throw the stones at them when they're up in the tree but not much of that happened in the second act do you think um, oh yeah no that would have been that would have been very good do you think in the next three birds they go back to try and kill hitler <laughs> i always think of did, did anyone see that interview with uh the avengers writers uh marcus mcfeely where they asked him why Captain America didn't go and try and stop all these huge historical disasters at the end of Endgame. Spoiler alert for a movie that is the highest grossing film of all time, so everybody's seen it. And they basically were just like, yeah, we don't need to answer that. Yeah. There's, actually a funny, there's a funny sketch um, by this channel called Warpspeed, I believe, where they do that showing like Captain America through the decades, like having to like struggle with not being able to reveal what he knows. So it's like, Oh, you know, Pe you know Peggy be like, oh, you're not going to tell me who wins the World Series, right? He's, he's like, you know, I can't, right? If I do one thing, it'll cause the universe to collapse in on itself. And she's like, oh, whatever. Oh, JFK's going to Dallas this week. He's like, just spits his coffee out. It's like, yo, oh, do you think anything's going to happen at the Munich Olympics? Probably not. <laughs> and, and that's why I like that, like, that these turkeys are going to have to, like, live with horrible consequences if they can't tell anyone. Like, they they befriend the pilgrims and Native Americans, and the Native Americans are like, wow, we're all going to be friends for a long time. The turkey's like, ooh, maybe not. Captain America found purpose beyond the never-ending fight. I get it. Even if the logic... The logic doesn't totally add up, but I understand the, the thematic importance. Yeah. 
I actually thought when you said, did anyone read the interview after I said going back to kill Hitler, I thought you were going to talk about the time when Jeb Bush was asked, would he kill baby Hitler? And he got like really passionate about it. I was like, yes, I will undoubtedly go back and kill baby Hitler. It's like, calm down, it's, it's hypothetical, yeah, Jeb. That man could have been president. Oh, by the way, the Boy, guy... That would, have been, that would have been a disaster. Could you imagine a man unstable like that as the president... I can't even imagine. I would love someone to ask Trump, like, hey, what would you do if you could go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Like, how would he respond? Like, he'd be like, I'd be the best. I'd go back. I'd be the best time traveler. Best time traveler of all time. You know, better than Lincoln. Better than Washington. Better than all of them. But, you know, the thing about crooked Hillary, and then he would just not answer the question. Like, it's one of the, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but the response would probably be worse than anything we're thinking up right now. But anyway, back to free birds. Oh, I think this is Bill Nye, who's the hunter. I know. That's cool. I'll look it I up. think so. Oh, and oh, this yeah. this blue guy, yeah. I think it might be either David Hayter or Will Arnett. Yeah, love. Oh, my Big God. Because the blue, with the blue, did I say chicken or turkey? I don't Tur- remember. The, but the turkey. The blue one, I think. Yeah, okay, the blue guy. Kind of sounds like a uh, solid snake. That's why I thought it may have been David Hayter, because I'm like, wow, th- I'm sure this movie was made on a budget. They could only afford some known names. Okay. So they probably, for some of them, they had a... So I heard probably... there's going to be a turkey dinner tonight. That's actually turkey what, he's... <laughs> That's I what say, he sounds uh, like. Oh. I can say the cast of this is Colm Mellini is Miles Standish. I don't know if that's who that's supposed to be, because we can't hear it. Keith David plays Chief Broadbeak, so I guess he's the father. Dan Folger is Governor Bradford. And then the Taco Bell dog plays a turkey named Amos, so I'm thinking that's the blue one, because it kind of sounds like the Taco Bell dog. And then no one I have ever heard of passed that. I saw Keith David at a CVS once. Did you go up and ask him if he was the thing? Did you try to run him over like Andrew tried to run over the guy from Jurassic Park? Ben Hildebrand. Ben Hildebrand. No, he was buying a lot of bottled water. I kind of looked at him. I recognized him. Then I think he kind of looked at me. And then he just got the hell out of there. Was this at the beginning of quarantine? No, this was like in February. And so Keith David knocked an old lady out of the way, grabbed the remaining paper towels, and booked it. He said, fuck you. I was in there. Something about Mary. Get the hell out of my way. Oh, this is when I come in. This this is right when I started to uh, to watch it. Do this? I don't know. I know they have the waddle for like sex stuff, I guess. But like, do they inflate? Jacob, Google turkey sex. So at this point, I didn't know this is Woody Harrelson voicing this character. I just I wanted you to know that. He barely spoke in my part of the movie. I think he only had like a few lines. Because he was about to do a rampart. <laughs> it was do you guys know like, about it's kind of like how Adam Driver has no lines at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. It's kind of it's pretty much the exact same thing, is what I'm saying. They're basically the same movie. So, um, but do you know about Woody Harrelson's infamous um, Reddit AMA? No. no. Um, so. He does this, and it was at the time when the movie Rampart is coming out, and it to this day it's not really established if it was him or an assistant who doesn't know how Reddit works. 
So an AMA is, you know, ask me anything. And, like, you know, people will do it. Like, you know, people do it, obviously, to promote a movie that they're doing or a new show or something. And questions will be about that. But if you're a per- famous person like Woody Harrelson, questions will go back to other stuff. So, like, I participated in one with Paul Giamatti for his show Lodge 49. And a lot of it was about the show, but a lot of people were talking about, like, hey, Big Fat Liar. And I asked, like, a good question about, um, you know, John Adams, his miniseries. And he gave, like, a really good answer. You know, that was insightful. He was taking part of it. Woody Harrelson clearly didn't know what an AMA is, so, like, he just kept talking about Rampart. So, like, what was the most difficult role for you to do? And he's like, well, definitely preparing for Rampart. People are like, oh, so preparing for natural-born killers, that was a much easier role to get into than playing a cop. And, like, he, he just kept saying these people would bring shit up, and he's like, guys, guys, let's bring it back to Rampart, though. And that became, like, an internet meme for a while. Like, let's bring it all back to Rampart. People are like, that's not what an AMA is. Like, stop it. Like, you have to ask, like, if we ask you about Cheers, stop trying to steer it back to your new movie. And, like, <laughs> whoever was doing it just, like, kept, like, talking about how great the director was. It's like, you know, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like, you know, you know, Steve is a great director. Like, he would always bring him back and try and go into, like, back into Rampart. People are like, are you fucking stalking this guy? Like, why are you, like, talking about him constantly? And, like, you can look it up. Like, look up Woody Harrelson Reddit, and it's hilarious. And, like, all of his answers have, like, huge amounts of downvotes. Like, people were pissed the fuck off about it. It was great. It's clear that he didn't know what Reddit was, and his assistant's like, hey, do this. And he just thought, oh, I'm going to talk about my movie, right? And like, was like, why are people talking about you? And someone even asked him, hey, I when I was in high school, you crashed our prom party and then screwed some girl. Is that true? And he's like, uh, I don't know about that. Can we talk about Rampart instead? <laughs> but anyways, back to Freebirds. Yeah, so th- that whole scene with the settlers there and everything, I... Uh... I guess that's their introductory scene because when I yep. came into it, I thought that was like maybe their second or third scene where the stakes are raised and there's more of an establishment of, of like the status quo of this and everything. But nope, that's it, I guess. So since I was talking about Rampart, um, so they're just starving and they need to find the turkeys, I take it? Wow, look at how distinct those two characters are. Yeah. Just in terms of design. Look at I can't believe that they're from the same uh, the same species. Look, I don't know. reveal at the end that she's his like great great grandmother, and he hand like it's gonna be like that Futurama episode where he gets his grandmother pregnant and he's his own grandfather. So it's gonna be like a weird incest time loop. Think this PG movies can do that? Do you, Jake? Probably not. It's pretty sick once it happened. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm no animation expert, but it looks like to me, Jay, you're talking about how generic all these designs are. It just looks like they took the same, they had two character models that they poured money into, and they just manipulated them both slightly to create all these different variations to make it look like they're all variated, but it, it looks very lazy, and look at them. Yeah. They all look Most the same. Most of these are just palette swaps and extras, like the, the background turkey characters, absolutely. But I think it's I think it's there with the, the main characters who you think would look more distinctive, both for marketing reasons and for story reasons, but they don't. And to me, that speaks to a, a lack of vision in terms of the art style. So if you could go back in time, how would you prove you were a wizard so you could be a god? Oh, you're talking about this movie. Yeah, would you no, would you go back in time and show the settlers a DVD copy of Freebirds 
and be like, look at me, I'm a magician. You mean, would I break the Prime Directive? Yes. The answer is yes. I would go full of Captain Kirk and just start reading everybody the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, do you guys know that show Sliders? I've heard of it. It's a really great show for the first two seasons out of five. Um, and, like, the premise was that this kid, played by Jerry O'Connor, he's like a college kid, creates a, a slider device, as he calls it, which is, like, to go to parallel worlds. So him, his friend, and then his professor, played by John Reese davies decide to go on a trip, and the portal gets so fucked up, it sucks in just this guy who's driving by. And because he fucked up the device, now they don't have the coordinates to get back to their Earth, so... It, the first couple seasons was about them like going from world to world trying to survive and get back to their earth and it was always like a weird parallel earth where it's like what if the soviets invaded and took over america and like they have to join like a splinter cell what if the americans leo did this that and the other thing what if jfk was assassinated and then jager hoover took over and it's a dictatorship but there's an episode where what if the americans lost the revolutionary war and like they help a rebel group kick off a new war for independence and they just start reading the constitution off to them and they're like yeah like they're, they're like they're saying stuff like that's very antiquated by like today's standards like they get to like the part about like no, like slavery and they're like oh, okay we'll skip that part <laughs> and like and no slaves no guns guys and like they're like no we gotta like have it go the same way it's like no screw that and, like they're arguing it's like that's what kirk should have done but back to free words proud words that say we the people I'm just trying to think of Captain Kirk in like a Star Trek episode where he encounters this situation. A bunch of turkeys. Yeah. Talking sentient turkeys. <laughs> would make triple, the triple episode a little better if they all talked. He, he would he would come in and somehow get into a clumsy fist fight with like Woody Harrelson or something like that. <laughs> with, with the Woody Harrelson turkey. Woody Harrelson would like blow up his, what's the thing called that the turkeys have? Uh, I don't know. Jack. I want to say jowls, but I don't think jowls, no, <laughs> that's um, the right word to you. Giblets. Uh, and he would like he would do a, like a karate chop into it, oh. <laughs> and pop it like a balloon, like a balloon with too much air. Jim, you can't just eat these turkeys. <laughs> they have a whole civilization. Shut up, Bungus. He has some bones to cook him. He's like, I'm a doctor, not a chef. And Scotty would be like, ah, it's a prized Scottish tradition to cook the turkey on Thanksgiving, Captain. That's why, this is why uh, the original, you know, this is why the original cast was the best. You don't like the new cast? I, I, I never really watched any of the other Star Trek shows. They all get along way too well. Bones, you know, Dr. McCoy is basically a walking HR nightmare. <laughs> they all are. He just keeps, like, saying really racist stuff towards Mr. Spock, calling him, like, a green-blooded bastard. He would be, like, a Deadline article now. Kirk's just sleeping with everyone. Oh, God, you're right. He didn't really do that, though, in the original show. He didn't, like, sleep around that much. You know what it was with the original show was that he, um, it was just, there was a lot of episodes that would be about him falling in love with someone and like it would either end tragically or they would just forget about it in the next episode. So it was like an unintentional thing. 
And then it became more self-aware when they got into the movies because that was like the pop culture thing about Kirk that he was always getting with different women. But it was mostly just because there would be a lot of episodes where he would have to get with someone for the, you know, the plot. Except City on the Edge of Forever. That's that's like still one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. So I I rewatched that with my, my brother recently. Yeah. And as soon as that woman walked in, my brother who had just started watching Star Trek and like they heard he heard the music sting and everything was like, Oh, was he gonna get with her? <laughs> nope. Great episode. Wait, isn't this kid's movie is the bad guy threatening them with a very large knife? No, he's just saying how they're gonna plan to get the turkeys and everything. I don't know. It, I, I watched this part. They're gonna try to out outsmart the turkeys, I guess. So it's kind of a thing where the town is sort of doing their own thing at first, and then they're going to, when things get desperate, they turn to the unstable guy. That's yeah. what's kind of happening here. Yeah. Because my really part was way. him taking over where he was like, all right, now we're doing things my way. And they start getting, you know, getting serious and trying to kill the turkeys. Was Miles Standish this much of an asshole in real life? Like, I'm sure all these colonial assholes were assholes in real life, but, like, was he that much worse than the rest of them? Like, do you think his it's... family tried suing, and that's why we're not going to get free birds, too? Like, they sue him into the ground for defamation. I don't think they saw it. So, Jacob, do you know who voices this blue turkey? The one on the right? That's going to be Polar. No, no, the, the the man. I'm not sure. I I, I didn't recognize Broadbeak? any of the. Uh, Is it Chief Broadbeak? The cast members, other than um. What was it? other than like you know Woody Harrelson? I knew George Takei, Owen Wilson. Dwight Howard's in it. What's that? Dwight Howard's someone called Cold Turkey. I, you know what's, so I watched this on Hulu, my part, and when it got to the credits, you know how Hulu cuts it off and says, like, in the middle of the credits, it'll come up with ads for their other shows? Yeah. It did that, like, right when it was showing the executive producer credit, and I could have sworn that it said executive produced by Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, did Alfonso Cuaron produce Freebirds? Did he lose a bet? He did not, though. Um, I guess he did not have a strong attachment to the story. Hey, listen, if Coppola could do the Robin Williams movie Jack, anyone could do anything. What's well, like how um, Spike <laughs> Jones produces Jackass? Everyone needs a hobby. And fucking Spielberg was making Schindler's List and then giving notes about Pinky and the Brain. I love, like, there's a picture of him on the set of Auschwitz or the ghetto, I can't remember which like, set. So, obviously, a very powerful location to be filming on like a horrible horrible thing you know schindler's list you know he's gone on record like that and et are his two favorite movies of his and he's like looking at storyboards for pinky and the brain it's like that is such a fucking whiplash effect that's like you're directing this masterpiece of cinema and then oh, i love pinky and the brain love it but it's, like, it's very weird that it's like you're going from one to the other so alfonso Cuaron could do this as well I don't know if that was Alfonso Cuaron. It was probably his brother, Alfie Carson. 
Or could you imagine? Alcaron. Could you imagine? Oh, he's got a good voice cast. Could you imagine that? Um, this is like with Bill Murray, with the first Garfield, with um, the co- thinking it was a Coen Brothers movie, signing on that. Like they saw that and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna be in this movie," and then it's like, "Oh no!" It's just a guy with a similar name. Oh, Woody Harrelson saw the t- the script title "Freebirds," thought it was named after the song. He was gonna get to be in a movie about that. The Leonard Skinner biopic. Yeah. Watch. Oh yeah. We gotta do Garfield at some point. That'll be our Christmas episode. Do what? Garfield. I never I don't saw know. Garfield. I did see Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, though. What about A Tale of Two Titties? That's the porn parody. Just some what? woman painted orange, covering, eating lasagna and shit. See, this is like the kind of humor that drives me crazy, where it's like... It's like very... Like, they're clearly trying to put, like, modern pop culture references in with, like, the, the dancing and with like some of the stuff like that but it's not really based in character in any way nor is it like cleverly juxtaposed with the context that they're in right now it's just sort of the joke is that it's a modern thing that you recognize Robin Williams ruined it with us for with Aladdin with Robin Williams it was like contextualized in a clever way where it was him doing his rapid-fire delivery, and they were animating around that, and that was funny. And everyone else around him was normal, and that made it even funnier. Yo, and that... the jokes themselves were very clever. So, like, he would make a clever joke that would comment on the scenario that they were in, and then there would be clever animation done by the animators around it that heightened it and made it funnier. But here, there's none of that. Well, that that's, I was joking with that, but, yeah, I mean... That movie, a lot of people credit that with, like, okay, now we got to put modern pop culture references in, but they don't know how to do it because no, not many people have the talent, raw talent for improv and references like Robin Williams. I always use the example of the sequels and then the TV series when Dan Castellaneta played the genie when Robin Williams refused to come back. It's like, Dan Castellaneta is funny, but, like, him trying to do pop culture references felt more forced than like Robert Williams just off the cuff trying to put the right thing in. So this here, like you said, you know, it's here because it's modern, therefore it's funny. Versus Robin Williams says something funny, but it all it also happens to be modern. The two don't need to be mutually exclusive. Or they expect a modern audience to just find this funny. It's like it's like if there was like a twerking joke in here, it'd be like a modern person in like 2015 would think that twerking is funny, and so. That's the whole joke. It's very lazy humor that's based on outside context, separate from the movie, rather than anything happening in the movie. Yeah. Shrek is another great example where, right from the beginning, it's the point of how irreverent it is. Which is actually the point, because that's part of Shrek's character. Right when he comes out of that outhouse, this Smash Mouth song plays, and you know the type of movie you're in for after that sort of, the more fanciful fairy tale storybook. The whole point of that is that it this is not. This isn't a reverent story. This is not a fairy tale. Here, it's just yeah, arbitrary. The, the point is, he forced. is the, the last person that you would expect to see yeah. in a fairy tale story. Yeah. There's even like some like some of that is like that humor is designed to sort of make fun of the whole Disney fairy tale sort of story as well. Um, like the stuff when they get to Farquaad's castle is like clearly meant to be a parody of Disney World. So it's really saying something when it utilizes humor like that it's not just mm-hmm. trying to get a cheap laugh yeah it also helps when you have a hate boner coming from jeffrey katzenberg wanting to destroy disney that there's a lot of passion behind that 
Maybe the next trek will be uh, will be about all the people that didn't buy Queeby. <laughs> Donkey, it's fifteen minutes long. Why would you want to watch it? I think you just say the next Shrek is going to be a Quibi, Quibi movie. <laughs> that would that's how they were trying to save it. That was not that was not too terrible of a Mike Myers impression, too. Thank you. You do a good Michael Myers. Oh, and Jake, I didn't tell you this. We commented on the Halloween commentary if like Mike Myers hates that movie because mm-hmm. of the name. Apparently, Jamie Lee Curtis wanted um, Mike Myers to have a cameo in H2O where she would run, bump into him on the street and freak out and then run away. And then he would kind of like look at the camera and be like, huh. But they offered it to him. And he's like, no. No, absolutely not. And I yeah, cannot not, imagine that movie. Not only because... He the right choice. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. That's that's the sort of like bad meta humor that we're talking about that has nothing to do with the context of the movie. Because if you like, don't know who he is, that joke doesn't work. It's just she ran into a random guy, freaked out, and then he looked into the camera. It's yeah, completely it, dependent on you knowing who he is. And in the context of the movie, the only place she'd be running into him is that small town they live in. That's a small fucking town. What what would Mike Myers be doing in that small town running into Laurie Strode's? See, they needed to they should have made it like that new nightmare movie where they're making an act, they're making a movie about the events of Halloween that stars Mike Myers and Michael Myers is stalking the set. <laughs> well, I said uh, the 15 times I've had to watch Blair Witch Project um, for all the videos we've done including um, the one that just dropped today is recording um with Ben Rock, but we talk about that with that sequel to the original Blair Witch, and like it's like new nightmare. It's like a deconstruction, and it's like you, if you do that right, it can be good, like new nightmare. And if you do it wrong, you're gonna get book of shadows, and that's not very good. But that's what you need to do. More meta humor. Yeah, this movie needs more meta humor. That'll. Right. Yeah. Ever needs meta humor. See what's going on here. This is this is the shit that I watched. Yeah, and I did, maybe not not paying attention, but it's like this is the meat of the story, Jake. He's falling yeah, in I, love with the turkey. Okay, cool. I said, Humans I said, this hunting. Is the, this is the second act. This. <sighs> I really thought this was Luke Wilson. I was surprised when. Uh, I found out it was Owen. I did hear, I will say I did hear Owen Wilson when I was watching it, but that almost, like I said, that almost made the whole endeavor a little bit more surreal for me. Because it, it felt like uh, like an SNL or a South Park joke. They See, I was, just I, have Owen Wilson play like such a straightforward character like this. I, I was giving it a little more credit because I thought, when I thought it was Luke Wilson, I thought they were doing a sort of like idio- idiocracy sort of thing, like a reference to that. But, oh, I was very wrong. That is quite a bit of credit to ascribe. Yeah. So, who do you think's the better Wilson, Owen or Luke or Woodrow?
Which uh, one was in the haunting? Was, yeah, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Okay, maybe yeah, it's on like Roku free watch now. Maybe I'll finally check it out. The haunting. What movie? Oh god. I thought you were talking about the oh, Great yeah. Pumpkin. I've never seen the Great Pumpkin. <gasps> Wait, now they're in the present? Now, this is a flashback. This explains Woody Harrelson's so, backstory here. Is this where he's so going to see, like, the great turkey? Maybe. Because I thought that would be the opening of this, based on something that happens at the end. Also, this is a fucking very, like, I have to say, um, I didn't say at the beginning, but, like, going on how turkeys are eaten. And it's like, you know, we do that with um, Chicken Run and other anthropomorphic, Jesus Christ, talking animal movies as like it's not too weird or, like you know you don't go away like feeling bad necessarily for eating i'm sure the, these movies do turn some people vegetarians and all that but it's very weird you have a movie that's supposed to be watched every thanksgiving about how wrong it is to eat turkeys when presumably the majority of people are slow to be eating turkeys like i can't imagine being like wow i'm gonna watch chicken run and then have a huge chicken pot pie after like does that do you think that fucked with kids minds like oh free birds eating turkeys wrong what are we having for dinner mom turkey Well, I don't <laughs> yes. think kids saw this movie. In theory, had they seen it. Oh, they're saying your name. No. See, this part I actually kind of liked with the backstory here as to why he's... he's yeah, I like this. Yeah. Now, does it explain why he has brain damage? Well, I... I no. <laughs> would say keep watching. Did... You know, what, what did they say? Did he... Oh, this is... So I thought this was going to be the opening scene. Yeah, so here's when he sees the great turkey. This is what they're going to do. For There's the... a part of me that thinks maybe this would have made a better opening scene. I um, think... Because yeah. it would have given us context as to what Woody Harrelson is. I understand that they want to introduce him as a kook and then reveal Layers Day's character. I understand that. But it would have just to see that though. You could the it could have just opened with him running from these guys chasing him from this factory. Then he sees the great turkey, and then that's it. Oh, this this little turkey's change. And then over the course with this reveal, we kind of learn. Oh, he's he's like this for that reason. We think he's a kook and this kind of macho guy because he he saw this great turkey. But uh, I guess my I guess my be, like, deeper reveal too weird for the intern that's writing coverage. That's <laughs> uh, about. It's about turkeys going back in time to stop Thanksgiving. Okay. And they read the first five pages and it's a weird thing about like a space turkey god meeting a young Woody Harrelson. And they're like, what? What is this? This makes no sense. Pass. But if you make your opening like, oh, it's on Thanksgiving we eat turkeys, but the turkeys don't like that. Just something really simple and straightforward like that. Then the script reader who's like a college intern. We'll be like, oh, that makes sense. Recommend. So that's my, that's my two cents. Sorry, I'm just thinking about timeline now and how cool that was. You just what you just talked about. Oh yeah, it's it's a neat concept. I kind of wish they did more with it because they don't really comment on it. It, it doesn't become part of the plot at all. In no, timeline? it's like basically it's revealed that like the company was keeping that a secret from them. But mm -hmm. it never really makes a difference to anything that happens in the story. It's very, it's kind of strange that way. 
It, is it a good book though? You know, it's okay. It's not my favorite Michael Crichton, uh, but there's some there's some good stuff in it. But um, the hmm. it was very well researched thing in terms where... of the medieval background and the quantum physics stuff was fun. Um, for you know, for what it was, the characters and the story itself were okay though. Maybe it's one of those things where if you readapt it as a movie someday, you can make just make it a better, a better movie. Yeah, the the book was better than the movie. The movie's pretty disappointing. That's too bad. Richard Donner drew it. Like his last too. film, or one of them. Is he? Dead? Don't know for sure. He's still around. No, he's afraid. still alive. But he directed some Gilligan's Island. I remember in high school, I really. What's that? He did some early Gilligan's Island episodes. of some of the stuff he cut his teeth on first. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I always felt Richard Donner is a very underrated director. Yeah. Honestly, that's why t- timeline is very... so weird to me because he's—I'd say he's—he's he's earned the title of being a great director for all the good stuff he's made. Um, and timeline's just such a generic movie. Just... Hmm. But it's not just that—just his versatility as a filmmaker. That guy did The Omen, and then he can do The Goonies. I mean, he can—he can do he, everything. He went from The Omen to Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Lethal Weapon. Conspiracy Theory is a great movie. Um, Yeah. A lot of good stuff. So, yeah, this is still the second act here. Yeah, we're getting close to being done with your part. I was checking the time code around this time. I think we got about 10, 15 minutes. No, no, wait. Yeah. Five minutes. I, mine started where they were all celebrating something. Well, we have 33 minutes left in the movie, so three minutes, I guess, left in your part. It was like the false victory that comes before your end of second act where you reveal they're actually in a bad situation. Yeah. So, you're, I mean, you're, I, you're shifting your autonomy well, this and is the characters back and forth, and it's like they're at a high point, which was about to come smashing down to a low point because it was built on a house of straw rather than brick. See, and I guess I was kind of... It's coming up. Oh, no, no. What Jacob's saying is right. It's about to uh, yeah. come up. When I was kind of right with my prediction, at least with the remote control, I thought like maybe it'll come back bigger in the third act, but using the laser pointer, which all TV remotes have, I guess, um, did come into it. I'm still saying it's going to be found as like a by archaeologists and be like, oh, no, what's this? But yes. Oh, that's good. See, that's like... If you can't, that's something where if the writers can't fit it into the movie, they're like, let's create bloopers during the credits and we'll put it in there. <laughs> I wouldn't miss when kids' movies would do that. Yeah, yeah, it's a real shame. You know, we, this is obviously supposed to be like a Thanksgiving movie. We joked that other than um, planes, trains, and automobiles, and then Spider-Man. There really aren't any mainstream Thanksgiving <laughs> movies, and it's very, it's very disappointing. Spider-Man's not even a Thanksgiving movie. There's just a sequence where Thanksgiving's in it. <laughs> Good enough for me. It's so um, honestly, I get the sense that this was probably written with that in mind. That there aren't a lot of Thanksgiving movies. So what do you do for a Thanksgiving movie? Well, you do this plot about turkeys and trying to stop the first Thanksgiving from being about eating them. They honestly, they probably were thinking about that while they wrote it. Obviously, I don't know, but I think it's possible. And um, you know, I I can even see how this would like look decent as like a spec script. 
um, fulfilling that purpose while having like a clever setup and everything. It's a marketable spec script in that regard. So powder horns, huh? Well, that's like the weird thing. I, 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 cause like the elder there, he's sort of like a native American sort of thing they're going for. Cause they got the, the paint on them. And they have like it's the feathers what they're going folded for. back in their head. Yeah. Oh my god, it's like looking into like, you know I've seen an Attack of the Clones where there's just hundreds of like Tamira Morrisons walking around or whatever. That's what these scenes no. with these turkeys are like. It's just they all look the same. At least like the humans, like there's a little bit of variation and like their body structures and stuff. You have like the town mayor that's like short and fat and it shows like comical ineptness versus the slender, rigid, taller, like Man in black there. It's like a little bit. Yeah. Yes, it's weird the villains get more detail than the main characters. It's just like, it, it looks like they're like clones. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, when he's talking to a lot, when you show a lot of the turkeys, it just looks like palette swaps of the main turkey. It's like, okay, this one's red instead. It's like, you're right, they had a hand they probably had three or four turkey designs and then like okay we'll change some colors add a little bit of feathers here or there but it's like they didn't do enough like they did just enough to change up if you're not doing close-ups in the background but it's like yeah when you're getting close-ups you're like this is just the reggie turkey again this is just the jake turkey again but instead of purple he's red instead of red he's blue So like, I can't wait to, for them to like kill all the humans and have like a Planet of the Turkeys ending. Right? <laughs> Sooner than you know. Right, now we're officially in Jacob's part now, I guess, right? Yeah. Jake, did you watch this? I did, yes. Because this is what I'm talking about where it's like I'm watching the end of all these arcs. Wait, have we been saying Reggie was his name? Have we been fucking up his name the entire time? I imagine so. Oh shit, I hope not. I was just gonna like redub it like that Nostalgia Critic episode. Robert Prosky. <laughs> no, don't do that. Keep it. I don't know. I just kept calling him Luke Wilson. <laughs> we actually watched part of that review last night. It was great. And by great, I mean not great. It's the first Schwarzenegger movie I ever saw was Last Action Hero. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was the first one. I watched it a ton of times on HBO as a kid. Yeah, I, I like that. We might do that later. I like that movie a lot. Oh my god, I just realized the set reminds me of the Ant Hill and Ants. Where's Woody Allen? Keep him away from the kids. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> But does this kind of look like an anthill in ants? A little, I, you know what? When I ants. when I started watching it, it reminded me of that, actually. Because you have, like, the medium-sized thing and then the larger-sized thing. 
kind of like Stallone and Woody Allen and, and Ants. Ants even had like a little bit more of an art style than this, I would say. But even, but even a fuck with the fucking ants, they were able to really distinguish them from each other. Yeah, and that's back when you know most animated CGI animated movies didn't look that great. Now we're like fifteen years later. This just looks like a movie from two thousand six. Yeah, Again, I, like... I really think it just speaks to the lack of vision behind the art style because the animation quality itself. You look at like. The textures and like the the hair animations, uh, it's all very high quality in that regard. But the art style itself is so underdeveloped that it makes it look worse. Also, look how evil these humans are. They're punching through solid wood with their <laughs> bare hands. Like we're seeing, this guy has to use a fire at, or an axe to get through, but other guys like they're just punching their hands through it. I mean, I guess they're starving, so. It's got dark. They're just gonna get flash fried. And so this is why I was like, okay, so is it a thing where he doesn't approve of like the kids or like Amy Poehler's relationship with Owen Wilson or something like that? Because as you'll see coming up, there's a thing where no, I got a little ahead of myself. I apologize, but it's this where. Um, he has to help him get out. And he sacrifices himself. Uh, I mean, again, the backgrounds look good. Like, they water a lot of times in these CGI movies don't look that great, but, like, it looked good. Like, why do the backgrounds look great, but the main characters don't look good? Like I was saying, I think it all just comes to art style. How cold-hearted would it be when he's like, we have to go back and say that? He's like, and he just like says, in my timeline, you've all been dead for 300 years. It's pointless. And then he just like runs away. He doesn't look at it as a so redemption. Like, I'm going to bring it back to timeline. Timeline was trying to posit the idea that there actually are no such thing as time paradoxes. Because the idea that you could affect an event in time enough to actually cause a paradox is basically impossible. They were arguing that like trying to change the outcome of time would be like trying to like stop a spectator randomly trying to stop a, a football game in the middle of a massive like football game that they just wouldn't have the power to really make any major effects. Yeah. I disagree with that statement, but that was basically the theory it was positing. See back to the future is like, fuck it. Chuck Berry stole this song now, and I like it. It's interesting that Michael Crichton would write a book positing that you humans would not have the ability to, you know, to change time or create time paradoxes because they couldn't. the The events of time are too big for us to influence. Because he was also very much not a uh, a global warming guy either. He did not believe in global warming, really, or at least not to the extent that it was truly a problem. He wrote a whole book about how it was basically like a Chinese power company conspiracy. Oh boy. Well, anyways, the dad's dead. Okay, and that's what I—that's where I got my idea from. Of maybe he was a. Um, he sacrifices himself and finally comes to terms with his uh, his kids. Yeah, maybe it's because I haven't been paying attention that much, but it didn't seem like that was like the big point. Like. Yeah, I, I didn't. I'm. 
you know, I guess we've been getting a little distracted. But Jake, was there a big problem where he looked down on his daughter? No. Oh, so that just wasn't no. there. So this whole thing where they have to decide the new chief, and they realize it's the daughter, and he's like, our father chose well. That's not a thing? Nope. Don't think so. Not from what I remember. Granted, I watched it this morning. Maybe I'm a little fuzzy on the details. But Well, it has been a while. Eh, I don't... I don't think so. I, oh, God. I mean, they're in the burnt remains of where their tree is, so it's got to smell great in there since the turkey was cooked. See, this is like a little nice little creative thing here, how they make all the feathers float up in memory of their lost friends. Yeah. It's just like, I wish there was like more creative stuff like this. It's like that scene of the land is the lost empire. Also... Yeah, Jake, you're absolutely right. There's, like, no time travel stuff in that middle no. section. Or barely any. There's, like, the scene where he almost finds the machine, but that's... Yeah, that's it. It has no effect on the status quo of anything or, or anything with the kid. I can respect that, that they're stuck back here. Like, they say, um, in the my third, where George Kid's like, uh, okay, I got a power down to recharge for a day. So that's like, they're, they're effectively stuck here. They can't keep going back in time and changing shit. So it's like... They're stuck here. They have their mission. This is what we do. It's almost like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more. Maybe that's the idea is that they're stuck. But there's like a part of me that's like, that's like a lazy way of writing the time machine out. So you can, you don't have to deal with that throughout the rest of the, of the second act. Until it becomes convenient for the protagonist at that certain point when time, George Takai's like, oh, we're all powered up. We can go. And that's the time you yeah, see exactly. the guy. It's like, it's very arbitrary. And so, and it's, it's just, it's very lazy. Exactly. So this is great. Huh? I'm thinking of the Angry Birds movie now for some reason. Remember Angry Birds? That should be the next commentary. Remember Flappy Bird? Remember? There are people... That would have found that very funny. Ten years ago. Try seven years ago. Plus. I also was going to make a joke, like, is this going to intersect with the um, climax of Pocahontas, but I forgot that was Jamestown, not Plymouth. I'm not accurate with my historic jokes today. Sorry, guys. I actually have not seen Pocahontas. The Disney film? Yeah, I've never seen it. I I haven't seen it in years. I, I loved it as a little kid, but I I've not watched it since then. But it was one of my one of my favorites of, of the animated films that I watched. I watched it in college in my history class, and we had to write papers about how wrong it was about everything. So we all like wrote ten page papers about how fucked up this movie was. It was great. I'm a nerd, so that's my idea of fun. So in Pocahontas, when there's, you know, the time machine, and John Smith had to go. It's like, I must go and kill Hitler. No, he said he, he wanted Pocahontas to come with him. Do you think JFK Jr. would have used a time machine to save his father? Jesus if he could have? Or do you... 
<laughs> what do you know about no, that? No, 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 I like the abstract, like, um, time travel world. <laughs> it looks like the uh, screensaver on a Mac. Yeah, remember there's time travel in this movie? And fun sci-fi concepts. This, like, little girl has narcolepsy. That's, like, her one thing where she just keeps saying, I'm tired, and then passes out. So what, what does he do here? Is he just gonna... I'm just imagine. I know my, my question's gonna be answered within the minute, but I'm just imagining how he just reserved... It was just answered. Okay. Did you see what happened? Yeah. He sees himself. You know what would have made this moment more effective? If every character didn't look exactly the same. Yeah, I... Wait, what? He basically in the future goes back in time to convince himself not to give up on them to go back and help him fight ah. and that he shouldn't go back to his old life living with the president he should go back in time to the people that he cares about oh so this is a future version of him is like i know i'm a coward and i have to convince my coward past self again watching the last 30 minutes of this movie was like watching all these like i got to see this boring character arc without actually having to watch the whole thing. I just got to see the ending part where they're like, you don't realize what you what you have back there. you got to go back. Instead of having to watch the scene where he leaves his life, goes back, enjoys it, but then something goes wrong and he thinks he has to go back. Oh, so, okay. I, I thought... So does he steal a gun from the soldiers and go back and just, like, give guns to the turkeys to mow down the Plymouth settlers? Is that the ending? Well, I, what I was... It's like the final countdown. What I was going to say was that I thought Reggie was just going to go into that house and walk into the oven. <laughs> just put his head in the oven? No, I thought he was going to put his whole body in the oven. He just gave up. No, the other two versions of him are going to now. And it will be like, figure that time paradox out, Michael Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> no, he the, our, the main Reggie leaves, and the other two are like, we accomplished our mission. So you want to fuck now? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's gonna be a turkey gangbang. So, if a future version of yourself came up and it's like, hey, wanna have sex, would you? No. This just reminds me of like Bill and Ted, this kind of stuff. In a good way. Yeah. And that's funny. It's, it's, you know, reading the captions, it's funny, like, they just keep doing, like, the, no, I'm even further from the future. Did anyone watch the new Bill and Ted movie? I, I yeah. haven't yet. It's very funny. I just got a book, um, a book by Chris Matheson, actually, who wrote, co-wrote the two, or the three Bill and Ted movies. But he also, I didn't realize this, he's the son of Richard Matheson. Oh? Really? Yeah, Chris Matheson, the co-writer with Ed Solomon of the three Bill and Ted oh, movies. I... I just got a book that he wrote, though, I'm looking forward to reading. Hmm. <laughs> Could you imagine if Richard Matheson wrote this? <laughs> we bring Richard Matheson back from the dead to like do a um, Passover on um, Free Birds. It's like now you can go back to the grave, Richard. Charlie Kaufman did the Passover Free Birds. They saw his work on Kung Fu Panda too, which I heard is actually very good. I've never seen any of the Kung Fu Panda movies. First movie's great. I, I would say it's probably the best DreamWorks movie since Shrek. And then, wow. yeah, I, I think it's legitimately great. And then the second one's really good. Yeah, that's good. their, like, big thing now. Yeah. That's okay. their big franchise. So this is where 
I this is why I thought that the opening would be him encountering the great turkey. Okay. This scene that you're about to see. I could go for some turkey right now. Again, that's like the message I shouldn't get from this. I shouldn't like have this on as a kid's movie on Thanksgiving Day and then we go eat turkey. Because it was him the whole time. Yeah, I kind of figured that. I think I just, there was like a part of me that was like, this would have been more effective if it was like earlier in the movie, set up a little bit more. They set it up like in the middle instead, which, you know, the functionality is still there, I suppose. Yeah, as soon as they introduce him saying, oh, the great turkey gave me this, I'm like, okay, time travel, it's going to, like, they go back. I, I thought it was going to be himself so I, yeah. doing it. I thought it was going to be himself doing it to him, but not the Reggie, but still. Maybe it would have been better if they introduced that without time travel at first, because then we wouldn't have any context for it. And we would have been like, oh, what is this strange thing? Whereas introducing it in the middle, you're like, oh, it must be a time travel thing because we've established time travel exists. Well, I mean, even when he says he sh- the great turkey showed up with a ball of light, I'm like, oh, wait, we're on the scene that looks like... I, I was about to say that, that shot when they were coming out of the mist. <laughs> That's like exactly... It looks like the shot from the Phantom Yeah, mist. I was going to say that. <laughs> Where's Jar Jar? I was thinking that when I was watching it yesterday. I meant to point it out. Someone's got to use the Gungan music over this. <laughs> Ouch, time. <laughs> but seriously, you think JFK Jr. would have went back in time? Look, they got the Boombas. What were they called? Use a Boomba. What? Misa don't have a Boomba. <laughs> Here, take out this one. <laughs> Oh, that guy's dead. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wait, there's Native Americans in it? Oh, is that supposed God. to be an Angry Birds joke? Or is that just supposed to be like a, I think a it's joke? Is that is such a simple declarative statement? I think it's an Angry Birds joke. I wouldn't know. If it were just a bad joke, they would have been like, man, those are some jive turkeys. <laughs> because everyone, all kids who watch this movie are aware of that phrase. There's a lot of things for the, you know, the pilgrims to be unpacking here. Yes. <laughs> That's why they become turkey gods after this. Can you imagine, though, if this was the ending, like, the turkey army just gets all slaughtered, because, like, oh, yeah, you're a bunch of fucking turkeys going up against uh, humans with weapons. How did you think this was going to turn out? I think the time machine is magnetized. Oh no, at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to outsmart the film, I'm not. It is a time machine. There's not like a rush in terms of when he gets there. They were like setting it up like he's got to get there in time before they shoot him, but. They've been dead for 300 years when he left. I I don't know. This stuff. Honestly, that wouldn't even matter if you were, if we were really invested in what was going on in this movie, we would, we would have accepted that just fine. But this is. (laughs) The confused pilgrims get down on their knees and start worshiping the turkeys. There was a show on NBC called Timeless, and it was about like a terrorist organization steals a time machine, like 
invented by an Elon Musk type company and now um, they're going around history to like fuck with history. So like a college professor, a soldier, and then like one of the technicians who's never traveled through time but knows how it works takes the spare time machine out and like they keep fucking with history and there's literally an episode where they go back into Pilgrim's times and the soldiers, uh, Pilgrims see this and it's like now described as like a religious movement broke off because of this. And it's like, yeah, this would be like seeing God come down. Did you, did you see it? Pizza? You guessed right. Yeah. It's pizza. I'm like, they made a, they made a pretty big deal about him ordering pizza and how much he loves pizza. I'm like, is that going to be a thing in here? At least it was like set up. Yeah, it, it was just a thing. I'm like, oh, is that gonna? Because I, I was like, it's like, how are they gonna get away with getting rid of turkeys for Thanksgiving? Like, they they have to. What's the alternative? I'm like, eh, pizza. I didn't think he was gonna literally bring him them pizza. I think he was in the. Sh- I thought he was gonna show him how to make pizza, but that was it. Like beautiful pizza. So is that product placement with the Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. I have to imagine. And it's weird because the only other product placement is when they're looking at the map and like you see like an Auntie Anne's and like a Reebok or like one other store, a Fossil. And it's like, that works as a funny joke that like this top secret government organization has a map like a mall. And it's like, but it's like, really? Chuck E. Cheese? They were the sponsor of this? Didn't they go bankrupt? Did this movie bankrupt Chuck E. Cheese? You know you can order Chuck E. Cheese off Postmates? We should do I don't know why... I want to order like a salad from them because they have uh, salad on their menu. Chuck E. Cheese, if these people tasted Chuck E. Cheese, they'd go back hating each other. (laughs) They just go back in time and it's like become post-apocalyptic because they didn't like the pizza. Yeah, It's been 20 years since I've had Chuck E. Cheese. Is it that bad? Well, you know, the fun of Chuck E. Cheese is like the novelty of being there to play the games. Well, no, I'm not saying like that's like the good food, but like here's, here's some of our clever humor. Wow, he accidentally invented anchovy pizza. And the Native American chief makes a joke about his wife's cooking. Doesn't this say so much about his character? Yeah, they just showed up. I'm like, oh yeah, there's Native Americans. Well, again, it's like lazy humor. Like, none of the, those are just like, the joke is that those are funny modern euphemisms that you would not see a Native American from colonial times saying. Also, it's like, Mr. Anchovy, you've ruined it. It's like, they're named after the fucking fish. It's like, you know, like, it's not even a funny joke. It's like, that's we know why it's called anchovies. I, I'm just glad they, uh, I guess they were clever enough to not include pepperoni on the pizza. Otherwise, that would, that would include another horrible situation. Where does pepperoni come from? What is it, pork? Isn't that pork? Yeah, so there'd be a sequel where pigs would have to go back in time to stop this from happening. Yeah, so now pizza is what you eat on Thanksgiving. Oh, when he brought her into the future. Huh. Wait, Wait, is that... she abandoned her people? No, Owen Wilson stays in the past with her. Oh. But she was just there... So what, was that just like a thing like, oh, now it's there and we're imagining? Yeah. Now, I want you guys to brace yourselves because we're coming up on that last line that I've been telling you about. Okay. Let us know. It's going to be a lot to unpack. So how about those Packers? 
Any Brett Favre? Hmm. Or if All we're right. Sit tight. Well, first we get some some turkey action here. How can they kiss? Have kiss sounds without lips? It's like Rockadoodle with the squishy beaks. There's a reference that takes much more time to explain than we have. Oh, that was it. That was our final line. Wait. The thesis statement to the entire film. Oh my. Is oh my a joke that has nothing to do with the movie itself, but is a reference to George Takei's like career famous line in real life. That's the final. That is the final word of Freebirds. Oh my. Well, thanks for joining us. Glad you took part. Happy in Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, good luck to you on. And now we see how they changed history and made turkeys very like much more successful as a result of their actions, I guess. Oh no. Oh no. So is this Reggie or are these just turkeys? Well, I mean that's Jake. It's both. Oh, Jake Jr. Yeah, it's not very consistent because it's not like Reggie could travel through time. Yeah, so it's like, okay, Jake's like, where go wherever we need to go. So it's like, is he fucking with the time now? Is he going to go kill Hitler? I think the idea is that their actions are causing turkeys to become... Uh, so they're just remembered. Okay. To, become, to become much more successful in the future as a species. Maybe a little too successful. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some real dystopian stuff going down now. This is like the end of the Tim Burton plan of the apes. Exactly. Like, they already did the signing of the Declaration of Independence joke. Now it's just on a, the $2 bill. This movie is just bursting at the seams with thematics, and it has one more thing it just has to say. Oh my god, this is... There you go. Did you see what he said? The turducken. turducken. What? Yeah. Oh, there it was Alfonso Cron. <laughs> well, there we go. So, all right. Well, this was fun. We'll have to do something like this again in the future. I think it was fun picking a movie none of us have seen and trying to guess what happens in different parts of the movie. Um, overall, you know, it's watchable, but there's a reason it's been forgotten yeah it's a shame because there's not really any thanksgiving movies i could you can tell that's what they're trying to do they're trying to make a thanksgiving movie out of this and um you know unfortunately it doesn't quite work out because the movie just doesn't come together no well there's worse fates good night everyone happy thanksgiving Bye. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? Isn't that funny? That's the thing somebody said once.